0: And welcome back to the Ravel and Fraud Academy podcast. This week, David Kellner, Investment Director and Head of Research for MMC Ventures, joins us. At the end of last year, David published a map of the UK artificial intelligence startup landscape. In order to compile this report, the team at MMC Ventures researched 300 early-stage software companies in the UK and met with over 100 of them. Through their research, they identified where AI is being seen the most in business, and outlined how different types of businesses will and are responding to AI. We're excited to have David on the podcast to delve a little bit more into their research.
1: Okay, welcome David. Um, we're big fans of your AI market uh, landscape plot here. Thank you. Uh, Primarily because we're on it. We're bringing in fraud <laughs> <wrong> detection. Um, <laughs> it does help, right? <laughs> yeah, it does help, yeah. But generally speaking, it is a really, um, you see a lot of uh, less good ones, but it's a really good insight into what's happening in AI. In, um, in artificial intelligence and its applications in business. I'm just wondering, uh, sort of in general, where are you are seeing most artificial intelligence activity?
2: Sure. I think one of, one of the reasons AI is so important is because it will enhance and then reinvent such a broad range of business processes and of consumer applications. But the activity that we're seeing among AI entrepreneurs in the UK is highly uneven. Okay. Uh, and there's a few interesting dynamics around If I just touch on on three dynamics really around that. The first is that it's pretty striking. Nine out of 10 of all of the AI companies uh, in the UK, and these are early stage software businesses that we're focused on here, are B2B businesses. Businesses mm. focused on empowering other companies rather than direct to consumer. And so that's the first big big trend. And that's probably because of what we call the cold start problem, which is... The fact that because you typically need quite large data sets to train and deploy machine learning algorithms, uh, companies that deploy to consumers tend not to have much consumer data to begin with, so it's pretty tough for them to to begin. So Mm. that's why I think so many companies are focused on B2B. Secondly, uh, it's pretty striking that eight out of 10 of all of the early stage applied AI software companies in the UK are focusing on solving specific challenges in given business functions or in specific sectors, Uh, Just it's actually about 15% of companies are focused on horizontal technologies that are used across a wide variety of areas. So most companies are are addressing very specific problems. And then in terms of where we see activity, um, there are a few areas where activity is quite pronounced. Uh, By business function, there's a lot of activity around advertising and marketing, and actually Mm -hmm. around one in five of all AI companies in the UK are focused on advertising and marketing solutions. Uh, There's also a lot of activity around generalised IT. Now, in reality, that's usually knowledge management and knowledge discovery solutions. And there's also a lot around business intelligence and analytics. By sector the area with most activity is financial services right Uh, there's also though a lot around infrastructure uh, quite plentiful activity around healthcare and then also around retail now i think there's quite good and specific reasons why activity is pretty extensive in those areas Uh, and that's firstly because all of those areas i described all those functions and all those sectors typically have a lot of prediction and optimization challenges that are very well suited to being addressed by machine learning. Uh, Secondly, there are usually large and pretty plentifully available data sets on which to train and deploy algorithms. Uh, And finally, pretty useful for the entrepreneurs, a tangible, quantifiable ROI, which given these are B2B businesses, is, is pretty important to unlock value. Now. I guess I just finished by saying there's interestingly there are some areas where activity is actually quite modest where there are not many early stage AI software vendors relative to where we see substantial market opportunity and where we'd like to see more and those are around areas including manufacturing, security and legal and compliance.
1: Thanks, David. So. Um... Yeah, just thinking back to large data sets, uh, prediction problems. Um, they sort of fit quite neatly into where we are, which is in fraud detection. Um, you mention as a sector specifically. Is that something you're seeing across cybersecurity in that sort of space? Is that something where you're seeing a lot of activity? or
2: There is an enormous demand and need for activity around cybersecurity and, if you like, security and compliance more broadly. But actually, security is one of the areas where... Uh, the number of UK AI software startups is actually pretty modest relative mm. to a lot of other sectors. Mm. So while there are dozens and dozens of advertising and marketing startups, there are not that many uh, early stage cybersecurity companies and, and compliance solutions generally.
1: So a common source of confusion for businesses is that they need to, uh, to take advantage of AI, they need to build a capability internally. Um, Is this true? Can businesses be consumers of AI and get as much value from it, or should they ultimately aim to be the producers?
2: So uh, I think businesses can absolutely be the consumers of AI in addition to or as a replacement for producing it. So we've spoken with dozens of CXOs across a range of both medium-sized businesses, but also small and large enterprises regarding how they engage with and deploy AI. And I don't think any plan to engage with AI solely by building it in-house. Most companies just don't have the teams or the expertise to do that. Now, most companies either engage with third-party software providers that give kind of of best-of-breed capabilities um, and that have AI-led products, or they adopt what we call a hybrid approach where they will engage both with third-party software providers, but will also develop their in-house data science capabilities. And I think in most cases, the future will be hybrid. Okay.
1: Um, I suppose that leads neatly to the other interesting thing I took from your uh, landscape, um, was the concept in relation to AI businesses being either leaders, followers, or laggards in terms of their uh, adoption.
2: Um, I mean, can you explain how businesses should should position themselves in that? Sure, well, just to put a piece of context here, which is just like, mobile or cloud computing, AI is a paradigm shift in software. And with any paradigm shift, there are winners and losers. Uh, And I think we see three winners from this paradigm shift towards AI, three types of winners. The first will be certain platforms, and these will be some of Google, Amazon, IBM, Microsoft or others, These are companies that provide the machine learning infrastructure and the machine learning services that are increasingly at the heart of the machine learning ecosystem. Some of those will will clearly prosper. A second category of winners will be some of what we call the disruptors. Disruptors are new, early stage, AI-led software companies that are either enabling enterprises today with best of breed capabilities and partner with them to, to deliver that, or will disrupt those enterprises that do not engage or adapt themselves. <coughs> yeah. uh, and obviously, as a venture capital firm, our goal is to identify and uh, attract, invest in and support the very best uh, early stage disruptors in the space. But then among buyers, this is kind of a really interesting bit, which is I think you'll see a bifurcation among how buyers respond how today's enterprises respond and it will bifurcate i think into leaders and and laggards the leaders will be those that have the vision and often more importantly frankly just the organizational capability to respond effectively to the AI opportunity and challenge. They will leverage the capabilities of the disruptors Mm -hmm. to gain capability. They will leverage the data sources they have in-house and the resources they can develop over time to really kind of be AI-led. But I think we can contrast that with the laggards. These are companies that will squander the resources and data advantages that they have that will lack either the vision or more typically the organizational ability to engage effectively with AI. And because we live in a data economy where fundamentally value is derived from finding patterns in data, companies that find patterns in data less effectively than others will lose competitive advantage, I think surprisingly quickly, and ultimately, relevant. Um,
1: most of our listeners, David, are, are I hope, involved in fraud uh, in some way, in a good way, in a good way. But I guess many of them are in that position of deciding where they are as an organization, whether they are innovators or innovators, but whether they're going to be leaders in this space, whether they have the resources to do it, or whether they're going to play a wait and see policy because yeah. laggards. Like um, I don't know if you have any thoughts around fraud detection itself and what the risks might be of. Being a late adopter here, of taking wait and see uh, strategy.
2: Sure. So I think, well, firstly, let's recognise that the direct costs can be significant. So, I mean, fraud is a growing problem to an extent that I think not not everyone realises. I mean, financial fraud losses alone increased, I think, 26% year on year in 2015. Mm. And one in three of all attempted credit card fraud in the UK is not prevented by banks and card companies. So clearly, the direct costs of of not having best in class policy that can be problematic. I think to me, there's a a broader point to consider here, which is that fraud is a microcosm and a kind of case study for a bigger shift we're, we're seeing, which is today we are all as consumers and as businesses experiencing the fourth industrial revolution. It's the age of data. And our ability to create value derives largely from our ability to process data intelligently. And I think companies with effective strategies and tools to derive value from data will be the winners more broadly in this information economy, the point we touched on uh, separately. And so I think getting it right with fraud is just one domain, albeit an important one, in which to do so, in which to embrace this broader challenge and opportunity.
1: Uh, I guess finally, then, um, if we look at a sort of broader picture, I mean, what, what is the MMC Ventures sort of expert view, and the, I guess, the applicability to businesses today, and the maturity of the AI market. Um, I mean, where are you guys looking to invest, and where do you think other companies should be looking to invest as to sort of consumers of AI? Sure. So,
2: I think firstly, let's recognise that this is this is a very exciting period of activity at the moment. So, the number of new AI startups being created. Uh, each year has doubled in the last three years versus the prior period so today there is a new AI startup in the UK being founded on almost a weekly basis so it's a dynamic and exciting time I think uh, full of opportunity. I think secondly we need to recognize that we are early in this this shift so and indeed that the UK is quite early uh, in its positioning relative to other global sectors for AI so it's pretty interesting, three quarters of all of the AI software startups in the UK are at the very earliest, the seed or angel stage mm-hmm. of their journeys. And that compares with half in the US. Conversely, just one in 10 UK companies are at the latter growth stage of their journey versus one in five in the US. So the UK sector is a little earlier point than than the us and i think that's an exciting opportunity for entrepreneurs for investors for employees uh, and for businesses to establish partnership opportunities i think we also need to recognize that the flip side of that which is that this is a competitive sphere that we're in we need to work hard to continue to maintain our competitiveness but also that we potentially have the tools to do so so the uk has a quarter of the world's top 25 universities great machine learning talent is incredibly important in this space, and so we've got some some powerful assets in which to to continue that, that progress. In terms of MMC more broadly, we're particularly interested in companies that are applying AI to solve specific challenges in a given vertical or a specific business function, and we've actually developed an investment framework that identifies the factors that we believe are important for AI startups to succeed. And we use this framework to help us evaluate and discuss with and support the uh, AI startups that, that we see. Now, we consider 17 different factors which we categorize uh, into a company's potential to create value, mm-hmm. their ability to realize that value and their defensibility. Uh, Obviously, I won't go through those factors now, but uh, a number of those factors are specific to the dynamics of machine learning, and those include factors like availability of suitable data sets, the ability for a company to create data network effects, whether a company has some proprietary algorithms, uh, and the company's ability to attract and retain uh, retain top ML talent, Mm -hmm. all obviously assist with defensibility. But I've I've published that framework actually on my my blog. Feel free to check it out. Uh, It's at medium.com forward slash at D that's medium.com forward slash at D-K-E-L-N for November A-R. And our goal there is really just to kind of contribute to the community, make our thinking more transparent and hopefully help support the planning of, of the companies in the ecosystem. Okay, David,
1: thank you very much. That was really interesting. And it's great that you're sharing so much of this information. Pleasure to help. Um, but I think everyone found it valuable. Thanks again.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes from the Ravelin Fraud Academy podcast, just head over to ravelin.com forward slash podcast. You can also subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, and most podcast apps so you never miss an episode.